Hey, buddy. Oh, God, video. I'm sorry. Oh, thank gosh. At least I wasn't naked. <laughs> well, I can only see your torso. Yeah, well, that would that would be <laughs> enough. I believe you referred to my torso as a beluga once, didn't you? <laughs> only once. Making my workplace toxic? I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. How's my volume? Is my volume okay? Yeah, your volume seems okay. I'm going to... I listened, mine up a little I listened bit. to the last one and it was a little bit... You were much louder than I was, so I'm trying to... Uh, that might not be a volume issue. That might just be that I'm loud. Oh, that's that's also a possibility. Anyway... I'm, I'm a loud guy. Tonight's episode is not... Yet or? Yeah, oh. yeah, we're... Uh, you have to, oh. I have to sit the recording <sighs> thing before we even start the call, so if you're calling, well, you're I recording. Wasn't... Yeah, no, I just wanted to make sure because I was on and I, wasn't, I didn't want to waste it. Yeah, I can I can cut all this out. Oh, well, okay. You know. Uh. Tonight's episode is not brought to you by Looper, written and directed by Rian Johnson, starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Bruce Willis, Emily Blunt, and uh, Jeff Daniels is in there, too. Uh, And Paul Dano. And Paul Dano. Oh, Paul Dano. And then uh, some guy named Noah, whose last name escapes me at the moment. His performance was not the best. Actually, no, his, his performance is okay. I didn't. I didn't really like the character Kid Blue. Oh well, I don't think you're supposed to like him. No, no, I, I mean, think he's unlikable. I mean, I, I didn't. I think. I think the the device of Kid Blue is my least favorite part of the movie. But that said, I did love this movie very, 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 very much. As did I. It was. It was excellent. I was expecting it to be really 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 good i was not expecting it to be transcendent it was just it uh it grabbed me on a human level that i did not anticipate and i should have having watched uh brothers bloom because that movie was just silly and it was also extremely human and i really enjoyed that but uh this movie was very serious and uh, not silly at all and and still very humanizing of all of its characters and my God, is Joseph Gordon-Levitt the dreamiest motherfucker in the world. <laughs> Even when they give him uh, Bruce Willis's nose? Even when they give him his nose and the weird pointy lip thing? <laughs> yeah. He looks very Bruce Willis-y, and his, his mannerisms are spot on. The uh, the prosthetics yeah. were amazing, yes, but the, the mannerisms that he did, uh, he must have stalked Bruce Willis for days to get that um, level of facial control. I understand he did a lot of research and watched a lot of Bruce Willis's old films. Um, I have to say that uh, I went into this movie effectively cold. I knew it was, I knew who was in it and I knew it was somehow about time travel. And that is literally like it. Mm-hmm. So I had, I had no idea until it, in, until it became relevant to the plot and it was revealed by the film that, uh, um, I'm just going to say right now that if anybody's listening to this without having watched the movie, then you should stop right away. Um, when it was revealed that uh, Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was Bruce Willis uh, in the past or present, um, as it were, uh, when I first saw him, I'm like, is that Joseph Gordon-Levitt? It doesn't really look like him. Maybe it's somebody else. Uh, I can't quite tell. And I'm like, oh, no, it appears to be him. Okay, but he looks weird. They always look like this? I don't think so. I saw a anyway. lot of production stills. Um, mm. I was well. I heard about the movie because I was looking to see when Rian Johnson was going to make his next film because I really liked sure. Brothers Plume so much. And I found out that he was working on a picture called Looper. And then 
I set some kind of mailing list to update me on it, and I found out that Bruce Willis is going to be playing an older Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and I was like, well, how in the hell is that going to work? They don't look anything alike. And then I saw some production stills, so I was like, they must have hired somebody that wasn't Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> so you had the same reaction as I did just, just earlier. I did indeed. It, it wasn't until like halfway through the movie that I realized that they put some kind of makeup. I figured. I figured it once. Yeah, once I was like, "Man, they they're they're credibly the same person." I was like, "They must have done something." I'm like, "That that would explain why I was confused at the beginning." But uh, there's a scene where Joseph Gordon-Levitt laughs at a child, and his eyes pucker at the sides, just the same way that uh, that Bruce Willis does when he's being all serious, but also regarding a small child. Mm. And it was just oh, it's wonderful. Looper yeah. was billed to me as a knock-around action thriller involving time travel and some interesting philosophical discussions about having to kill your future self. But it turned out to be a story of redemption and a story of hope. Because of the Rainmaker. That little kid just stole my heart. I was really nervous when he showed up that uh, once he was established as a main character, I thought it was really going to be a lot like, uh, what's his name? I want to say Brendan Walsh, who played what? the kid in Shane. Oh, okay. Have you seen Shane? No, I read the book, though. God, Shane is the worst. People <laughs> They say it's like a classic <laughs> Western, and um, the guy who plays Shane does a pretty great job, but... There's this little kid, and this little kid looks up to Shane as some kind of father figure, and every third scene he'll go, Shane! <laughs> and then ask him some inane question about how to chop wood or shoot a squirrel or some bullshit like that. And it's just the most annoying thing. And Bill Beard said that that kid was adorable, and I was like, Bill... What the hell? For those of you who don't know, Bill Beard was uh, is still a professor at the uh, University of Alberta, and uh, both Adam and I have taken film classes from him uh, probably 10 years apart. I don't know that it was... When were you in the university? I don't think it was 10 years apart. Graduated in uh, in 2011. Oh. Well, so maybe. I don't know, been, but 10... It would have been a long time. It would have been 2008 that I took... I'm going to say more like six or seven years apart, but yes. Okay. That's that's more or less accurate. Yeah. Pete yeah. likes to make me feel old. <laughs> yeah, I do, actually. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. In any uh, case, I was really nervous that the kid was going to wind up being uh, uh, an annoying Shane Kid type character. His name isn't even Shane. I don't remember what it is, like Paul or something lame <laughs> like that. But uh, no, the Rainmaker... That that kid, that kid's amazing. That kid can act, and yeah. the character was was really amazing and really deep, mm -hmm. really mm -hmm. quite deep and conflicted and complex, and and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that the, if if that if they hadn't gotten a kid who could act as well as that kid, the that whole the whole like last half of the movie falls apart basically it's true it's true the uh the whole the the thing that makes this movie most valuable, what gives it its human heart, is that kid, and mm -hmm. if. Like, no matter how good the writing is, and the writing is immaculate, uh, if that kid was not good, then the, the whole movie would have fallen apart. 
Well, if you ever at any point sort of think to yourself, you know, really, yeah, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, just, just, just kill the kid or let him get killed. And he, he, he's annoying. He's not worth the trouble. If you ever think that, then, then, then it's out the window. It's the, the, the movie's gone. Exactly. The, the, moral, the moral center has, has, has flung itself apart. And it's a, it's a really risky uh, line that they walk, making him a dangerous mm-hmm. character and making him also uh, a really uh, sympathetic character. He's confused mm-hmm. and he's angry, but he's a child. Can you forgive him for being angry? And ultimately, no. you oh, still well, have yes. to be sympathetic to him. Yeah. Wait, yes. I mean to say no. Uh, <laughs> God. Can you forgive him for forcing Emily Blunt into a gigantic safe in her closet? You know... Some some women like that. <laughs> it's just it's just modern times, man. Some women are really into uh, <laughs> being in safes. Into being in safes. That's that's yeah. what we call vault play. <laughs> well, no, I mean a lot of I, I read on the internet. A lot of women say that they just want to feel safe, and I that's what I thought that meant. And and how better to feel safe than from the inside? Yeah, I mean it doesn't get much safer, assuming you know you counted for air holes. Uh, I want to talk about Bruce Willis for a little while. Yeah, let's do that. Bruce Willis is great in this movie, and he's having a really good year, can I say, because he was also in Moonrise Kingdom. Mm-hmm. And in Moonrise Kingdom and in this film, in neither of them did he just um, decide to, uh, that his performance was going to be that he smirks. That's right. There was no Which smirking. he is falling back on a lot lately. And there was um, no TV dinnering. There was a lot of depth. <laughs> I don't know what that controls. means. It's uh, it's just uh, tough guy banter that doesn't make any damn sense. Um, like in Eraser when – is it Eraser? It's the one no. with the railgun and James Caan in it. When Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah, kills a bunch of gigantic mutant alligators and then he goes, your luggage. That's uh, that's TV dinnering because when, uh, when John McRae is in the uh, – McRae? McClane. When John McClane is in the, uh, the duct and Snape is trying to tear down the building, <laughs> he, uh, he says, no, I know uh, uh, TV dinner feels – Oh, like, uh, okay. And it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because really. TV dinners don't generally get shot at. Like, usually when I'm watching that movie, I'm actually eating a hungry man. And it, <laughs> I don't want to be inspired with sympathy. It's like it's like watching a documentary about abattoirs while you're eating a steak. You just don't want to think about that. Yeah, but I mean, on the other hand, he does uh, he does get distracted by naked uh, posters of naked ladies like every two minutes in that movie, which is pretty <laughs> awesome. Well, twice, but still. That's, Back to that's, his performance in Looper. <laughs> Yeah, it was. He, he did a good job. Yes, there was. What I was surprised uh, was he's usually so tough, and in this movie he is tough. But his toughness is all wrapped around pathos of having lost his wife, which is not a character that Bruce Willis usually plays. If there's tragedy in his mm-hmm. past, it's usually a divorce, something light, something fluffy, like in Red, the lament that. Uh, he didn't really have a youth. He sold it to the United States government. But in this case, he 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 was in love with the woman, and he lost her brutally. And it was because he was sad, angry, and wanted vengeance that he was here. And that's that gave him an extra bite to me. That made him a lot more relatable. Yeah. Well, there's uh, the movie does this really excellent job of pulling you back and forth in terms of who who you think is right about things. Because, I mean, Joseph Gordon-Levitt comes across as being, you know, basically a cad. Well, not even a cad, like a terrible person, sort of like, like you a know. douchebag. 
Yeah, he's living for the moment. He's selling out his friends because he doesn't have much choice. Well, he he chooses not to have any choice in the matter. He's he he sold a out pseudo his... relationship with Piper Parabo and taking all kinds yeah. of eyedropper drugs. Yeah, he's not. I mean, he's. You can see he's that the world is is not a nice place to live in. You can kind of understand why he's made his choices, but they're still not. They're not responsible choices. He's kind of a dink. And when when his future self comes back, having experienced what his future self has and learned to become an actual person, basically, and comes back and and takes him to task, like I think we all want to do to our twenty years previous selves. I was, Sorry, sixteen year old me. I was three twenty years ago. <laughs> all right, stop it. I was probably um, a little you were, dick, though. You were probably a dick when you were three, and I think that you should give. I think a talking to might have straightened you up a bit. I probably um, would have just ignored myself and kept playing with the Ninja Turtles that I had. You probably would have stolen your Ninja Turtles and been like, "These are going to be more valuable to me in the future. I'm taking these." Um, that would happen to my Raphael. God damn it! Yeah, in like a year, you're gonna you're gonna go back and do that, and you're gonna understand. Um, anyway, so. Yeah, so I mean, he's you've got you know douchebag younger uh, younger Bruce Willis and and Bruce Willis taking him to task, and that all seems like you know it's you're on Bruce Willis's side. You're like, yeah, no, your your younger self is a complete tool, and then he gets to the point where he's like, and in order to fix all this, I'm going to go murder small children, and then you sort of like go wait, wait, mm, you lost me, Bruce Willis, a little <laughs> bit, and you start, and then you're like, well, now who am I going to side with? Everybody's stupid, and then you know Joseph Gordon-Levitt starts growing up, and 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 realize you know for partly the wrong reasons but eventually you know makes an acceptable moral choice and it's the tension that goes back and forth between those things is is really good and it never feels out of character it never feels like anybody just for plot purposes decided to act a certain way it always feels like they were motivated by something that's been well established that 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 there's reasons for what they do and their reasons are understandable even if you disagree with this movie is so like it's for a time travel movie, its narrative is not extremely difficult to follow, which is which points to me no. some really er, uh, elegant storytelling. But in order for that to occur, there's this this rich web of thought that has to have gone in around it in order to make the parts that you see intelligible. Mm-hmm. There, there's well, the- so much work gone into that. It was really, really amazing. It was head and shoulders above any of the movies I've seen this year because it was... It it illustrated a simple story without obfuscating the point, getting mired down in the physics. No, well, it's it it was willing to take a an appropriate amount of time before getting to what what we would, one would consider the real plot of the film. It took like I would say half an hour to forty five minutes before Bruce Willis actually even showed up to set up all the stuff slowly enough that you have time to to grasp it. It gave you an example of what can happen so that you know it didn't just tell it show it showed you it didn't tell you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also it was willing to say, okay, look, this is a time travel movie. This is complicated. We're going to try to show you as much as possible what we mean by what's going on here. But the last thing we want to do is sit down and have like a five-minute conversation with some diagrams involved. So at two separate points, uh, Jeff Daniels and Bruce Willis both basically say, look, just don't think about it too much. We're not narrative. I mean, it's a narrative conceit. It's basically saying, look, this is complicated. It's going to hurt your head. It's not that important to the story. You'll be able to understand it. We're not going to, we're not going to do a lecture about time travel. I think you've got the basics. What's you've seen what's going to happen. We don't need to talk about it. Is that this little kid is seriously going to craze some stuff up with his brain parts 
He made a human being erupt while levitating <laughs> in his living room. Like, for fuck's yeah. sake, that's what you should be taking seriously. Not not the... Yeah. Uh, and now, okay, let's talk about this, because I've, I've heard this argument from a number of people, and, and it pisses okay. me off. <laughs> people say Looper is a 12 Monkeys Redux. Nah. And I just can't stand it when people say that. Because well, I disagree with that entirely. Like, like we just finished illustrating, and I think like the whole conversation we just had is is the biggest support for this point. Twelve Monkeys is something that got very caught up in the time travel of it, to the point that the actual narrative was tangential to the discussion of time travel. Whereas in this movie, time travel is happening, and they're like, "Yeah, it all works out. Don't worry about it." And then if you go thinking about it, it actually does work out. It's not like they're trying to pass well, something off. And I don't even think it's. Because the thing is, let's say let's say at the top of the movie they get into a protracted discussion about time travel and how it works, and then you know an hour and some later the movie has really ceased to be about time travel per se. I mean the 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 actual and, and anything to do with time travel has except for for one final plot point really happened at that point. Yeah. Bruce Willis is back. Nobody's traveling through time anymore. It's. It's honestly not worth getting into. All you really need to know is this is what happens when people travel through time. This is what a loop is. This is what they do to people who don't close their loop. Um, this is what happens, you know, and that, that, that your past, your, your physical presence in the past affects the physical presence of your future self and you're good. That's, mm-hmm. that's really the takeaways. And they, don't, and they don't pile them all up in five minutes. They take 45 minutes or so to show you the gist of this sort of thing so it's largely intuitive and it was so agonizing that scene with the uh with the guy who didn't close his own loop oh man where they carve the address into his arm and then amputate mm-hmm. his his present self's nose and then ears and oh mm-hmm. oof, oh that kind of body terror is something that i really appreciate it's gore is something that's abounding in cinema these days to the point where mm. it's you can't hear over the gore noise the the signal-to-noise ratio for gore is just out of control. You can't see me right now, but I'm rubbing my face in an exhausted manner. I believe you. Uh, that was something that inspired in me some serious body terror, some very freaky feelings, and and didn't there wasn't any blood, as a matter of fact. No. He just mm-hmm. kept losing body parts, and that's... I, ooh, ooh. Retroactively, as it were. Exactly. And it, it's just awful. Awful, awful, I, awful. Almost expected. Yeah. I almost expected that they were going to pull some sort of like thing where he shows up and like Paul Dano's still whole. And they were like, well, we just had the firm intent that we were going to do these things and we hadn't done them yet. But they didn't do that. That Paul Dano's basically in a tank um, at that point. That was. And and they and they I mean they make the point that this isn't something they want to do all the time. That's something that, you know, may be problematic, but they don't have a better solution. Yeah. Well, they whittled him down to a torso to the point where he couldn't even yeah. open the door. And yeah. Oof. I would never want to be a torso. There was a, a Metallica music video uh, though, yeah. for, for one where some guy has locked-in syndrome or he's mm-hmm. just a torso or something. And it's just the worst. The worst thing I can possibly imagine is being locked in. Yeah, that, mov- that uh, music video is uh, footage from the movie Johnny Got His Gun. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, it's based on a on a book. Um, yeah, and they used footage uh, from it uh, for the video, as is my understanding. Either uh, either that, or there wasn't a movie, and they just adapted part of the book for the video. But I'm pretty sure it's just from a movie. Hmm. They put some kind of paper hat on his face. 
Right. Yeah. Right. Well, something like that. It was weird. Yeah, right. I, it, it was upsetting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was very... Not just because it was Metallica. <laughs> you hate Metallica. I do hate Metallica. I don't know it's, why you hate Metallica so hard. I had a brief um, and intense uh, fling with Metallica when I was in high school. And like then I was... Ulrich touch your pee-pee? <laughs> no. Oh. Was it James Hetfield? Nobody touched. Uh, nobody. Let me. T- okay. Let me tell you something. When I was in high school, like nobody was touching that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me neither. All right. Anyway, no. Um. I. I listened to. Well, when you were in high school, they were still putting out good <sighs> records. Black album. Well, it was the album that had Enter Sandman on it, so I listened to it a lot, and then I was done with it. Mm, mm, okay. Basically, it makes sense. and and then I sort of was like, hmm, I'm hearing some other Metallica music. It sounds very similar to the music on the album I've already listened to. So I think I've got, I think I got the gist of it. I, I mean, think I'm, I'm not here to defend Metallica. I don't think they're particularly good. And like a lot of metal bands, I don't mind their music so much, but I really hate their fans. Like, oh uh, sure, Motley Crue, Iron Maiden, both of those bands, Judas Priest. I just. I don't mind the music. If it's on in a bar, I'll like sing along to it. ACDC, especially. I love singing along at the top of my lungs to some Highway to Hell, but I can't stand people that actually like ACDC. <laughs> like, what God's name is wrong with you? I mean, yeah, it's, it's some really hardcore rock and roll, and I love hardcore rock and roll as an ideology, but the, the people who don't understand what it represents culturally are their biggest fans. And I just. Oh, what's the matter with you? Yeah, fundamentally, I just don't really like metal. Or whatever that, or hard rock, I suppose. That 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 whole blue-collar, heavy metal, hard rock, hair metal yeah. scene. It's just not for me. Um, it's fine if other people want to like it. I just, I'm not going to be one of you. <laughs> That's very uh, liberal of you, accepting of other I, people's choices. Uh, <laughs> well... Thanks a lot. Um, How bourgeois. Something else I wanted to talk about is that I had to go to the bathroom really badly while we were watching Looper. Oh, yeah. I remember you I saying I had to go that. to the bathroom super bad. And I, here's the thing. There's two movies that I've seen in cinemas properly that I have, that I have had to run off and go to the bathroom and miss part of the film during. Um, and one of them was Field of Dreams, and the other one was uh, Signs by M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong. I <laughs> am racist. Uh, anyway, now here's the th- now now here's the thing about that. Uh, Field of Dreams and Signs both have one thing in common. That is huge fields of corn. And I'm like, man, I have to pee. And then I and then he goes out into the country, and I'm like, oh man, look at this field of corn. I'm never going to make it through this thing. And I'm like. Oh, it's sugar cane. I might be able to do this. And indeed, <laughs> it did I did. Work out but it was a near cane. thing. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's why. I'm, that's why I haven't um, had to. Because honestly, this it was not a film that I felt like I could miss like three minutes of. That's interesting. The cornfields make you have to pee. What's What's more interesting I don't to know me? What though, the deal is, is with that? There are only two motion pictures you've seen in the theater <laughs> that you have left to go to the washroom during. Yeah, I go just about every time. Every time I, I, I make it a point, uh, I make it a point to uh, try not to drink too much before I go, and to uh, go to the bathroom like uh, within five minutes of the stated showtime starting. I have been trying and, for years to work out a formula by which I can enjoy a diet coke 
and and not have to go to the washroom during a movie, but it only happens oh thirty percent of the time. Yeah, li- liquids and me have no business being in 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 a film together, um, a film experience together. It's just not going to work out well. I'm I'm going to make a documentary film, perhaps like an instructional <laughs> science film about you and liquids. I'll do all of the states, but the the crowning jewel will be you talking about liquids. I'll have uh, Jimmy from work in to talk about gases, and uh, Jimmy is a big bear. For those of you listening, and and who who should we do solids with? Um, we should do a solid for somebody. I think that's a good idea. We should do a solid. Pay it forward. We should do a solid with Christopher Walken. I want Christopher Walken doing. <laughs> I think we no. Okay, now we don't need other solids. people. We just need Christopher Walken. To no, be well, you to need to be in a liquid video at the very least. If Christopher Walken uh-huh. does. The, the solids and the gases and the liquids, then at least you need to make a cameo appearance. Because I need you in a motion picture with liquids now that you've said you have no business being in a film with liquids. Uh, I s- I'll cast you as some kind of Aquaman. Christopher Walken can, can ask you for for advice about the ocean floor. And he'll be like, Adam! Really, Christopher Walken? Yeah? Yes, Christopher Walken? Adam, what can you tell my wonderful audience about the ocean floor christopher walken i know nothing about the ocean floor i i have no business being in this film talking about liquid no business at all you know i was told that you have no business being in a film with liquids but i think that's simply not true Chris, can I call you Chris? Don't you don't you maybe have a story about cream you could be telling right now? Two mice fell uh, in a vat of I don't. It's probably not even very good right now. I can't hear myself. There's no <laughs> monitoring on this. I can only hear you, and it's it, that was probably atrocious. Oh, We're gonna get letters. It's fine. Maybe we'll get from, letters from Christopher Walken. If Christopher Walken had to send letters to everybody who did a bad impression of him, he wouldn't be able to do anything else all day. That's true, but. Uh, we're far more influential than than you than you think we are. I don't think there's any way to gauge our influence yet. You got, our, our first podcast is is yet to actually hit the internet. As we're recording this, this podcast, the first yeah. one is not even up yet, but we are already big in Japan. I like to think that's true. It is true. They're right, very well, short over there. Oh. Ah. <laughs> uh. Uh, I'm getting over a cold, so, yeah. Uh, I should not be so pleased with myself about that joke, but I really, really am that pleased. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, we're not bigger than Mothra. Uh, we're not bigger than Mothra. That's true. That's true. There, was, there was one time in high school I was driving in a car with some friends of mine, and uh, my mother is and something. This is, this is an important point. My mother is something to be feared. So we're driving in a car, I think, to Brewster's, and uh, uh, we were talking about doing things that we shouldn't do. And I said, well, no, we can't do that tonight, or my Mothra will catch us. And I had just misspoken. I didn't mean to call my mother Mothra, but I did. And the the entire car erupted. Four teenage boys just started going, and I don't even know if that's a, a Mothra sound. I'm going to, as an authority on, on Japanese monster movies, uh, I'm going to tell you that it's not. Well, 
For me, it has That's been always Rodan, if anything. What's a Rodan? Rodan or Radon um, in, in Japanese. Rodan uh, is a sculptor from the Renaissance, isn't he? No, that's Rodin. He did a naked Ro- guy? Rodan is a large... He also did some sculptures. Hey, like He's kind of like a big pterodactyl. I like pterodactyls. He, he, a lot more than moths. He, 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 the Rodan flies fast enough that he creates sonic booms that cause massive destruction. And he's oh. got, like... Stal- which stalagmites? Those are the ones that point down, right? Uh, Stalact- whichever one points down. Stalactites. Anyway, stalactites like on his on the bottom of his torso. So for reasons that I've never really understood. Anyway, he's um, one of the the early um, Toho monsters. Um, he, uh, I think, Rodan was the next mon- uh, giant monster film they made after Godzilla, actually. Hmm. If I recall correctly, and I probably do. Wow. That's, we should do a Godzilla movie so that you can educate me and our listeners. I, you know, we yeah, we could do many, many shows about Godzilla if it was just me talking about Godzilla because I have a lot of things to say. You are a king. You are the king of Godzilla in... In... In your social circle. In my social circle. Let's, in, let's say. In the universe. But this being a solipsist, you're, you're basically the king of the universe in terms of Godzilla knowledge. Well, that is true. And I, only, I can only assume that I'm the one who's writing Wikipedia articles while I sleep. Yeah. Yes. Wait, what? You write Wikipedia articles on Godzilla while you sleep? Well, where else would they have come from, Pete? You could have done them while you were awake. Is there something I'm missing? No, here? I don't remember that, though. See, I'm, the point is I don't remember doing it, so it must have been while I was asleep. Oh, I see. Because there are Wikipedia articles on Godzilla that yes. you don't remember having written. And because you're the only person in the world who knows about Godzilla enough to write a Wikipedia article on them, it must have happened while you were sleeping. That's my entire point. I also, um, <laughs> by extension, must have made every Godzilla film. That's true. It's true. You're like, uh, you're like the Kim Jong-il of... <laughs> Godzilla movies. Actually, probably oh. Kim Jong-il is the Kim Jong-il of Godzilla movies. Yeah. Kim Jong-il made some kind of giant monster movie, which I would love to see. Desperately want to see that. Uh, what in hell? How do you... Huh. Can you get it? <laughs> Can you get it? Or is it like that Tears, uh, Tears of the Clown movie? I don't... I it's don't know. actually real. I don't, I don't know how you... I don't know how you see Kim Jong-il's uh, cinematic oeuvre. To be honest, um, I understand they actually hired like a special effects guy from Toho to to do the special effects. No way. Yeah, wow. that's. It's, I know that you can get uh, press passes if you go through a, a shady guy in Shanghai. You can get press passes to go in as a tourist. Like they only admit six tourists a year to Pyongyang, and they they they're constantly surveilling you. You have bodyguards, tour guides that are always making sure you don't step out of the approved environments. But uh, I think we should we should go as film critics. We should bill ourselves as giant Western film critics, like Ebert grade film critics, and they wouldn't know the difference. They don't fucking read Variety magazine or anything oh, like you, that. You don't know that they could be they could be well versed. They could be like they could they could be like well we've never heard of you. It's like it's like every five years they send somebody out to get a, a cultural snapshot of the United States, and that's it. They don't care what's going on in Canada. If we tell them that we uh, got big in the last five years since the last time they sent out a guy to have a look at what's going on, and that we're from Canada, they wouldn't have any idea. We'll I don't want to cause an international incident. I do. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> but well, we'll, we'll come in and we'll just say that we're there to see a few things about Pyongyang, and we're also there to view some of Kim Jong-il's uh, oeuvre, as you so eloquently put it. I don't think that's how I put it. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna, ha- I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to listen to this later, but that, I don't know if that's what I said. No, you definitely said like oeuvre or something a lot less pretentious than the glotterization that I just yeah. thrust upon well, I you. Have like 13 years of French. I have 12-ish years of French, and I speak much more German than I do French. I only have four years of German. Yeah, but uh, you you probably went to Germany. Yeah, but I also went to France. Oh, well, then I have no explanation. And Quebec. I've been in French-speaking places longer than I've been in German-speaking places. I think. Yep. Well, maybe German just makes more sense to you. It does. Maybe, maybe, maybe a lot of German things make more sense to you. Hey, like national socialism. No, 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 no. Smart post World War II economic policy makes a lot of sense to me. National <laughs> socialism does not make sense. Oh, you! I see what you're doing here. I don't know what you're talking. You about. bastard. Uh. <laughs> That Looper is a hell of a film. That Looper is a hell of a film. I think that Ryan Johnson should make a lot of movies. I think he's turning out to be uh, quite a Christopher Nolan. He's well now. He's worked with <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt twice, mm-hmm. so that that's uh, that's one prerequisite down. Actually, three times. Joseph Gordon-Levitt did appear in Brothers Bloom. He was a bar patron in the scene <laughs> in Berlin where the guy says, "Make way, make room for the Brothers Bloom," and then the Brothers Bloom come in. And have a party time. It's a lovely scene. But uh, yeah, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Rian Johnson going to take over the world. You know, Brick has uh, Brick has a pretty good sense of humor. Brick has a wonderful sense of humor, and the jargon is yeah. like chevre. It's just like a delicious <laughs> cheese on top of a wonderful artisanal cracker that is this movie. It's just oh, the dialogue is so beautiful. Uh. I can't hear you say Chevre without thinking of that um, scene from uh, Burn After Reading <laughs> with uh, George Clooney uh, having an allergic reaction. I, is, this, is this is this goat cheese? I can't. I can't have it's Chevre. It's Chevre. Is it is, there, is it goat's milk? I can't have any. My <laughs> uh, uh, best. Uh, the best thing. Uh, the, I think the best part of a brick though is. Um, because they play Brick was played basically straight throughout the whole thing. Like they, the, he, the, you buy into the the milieu. You just he just goes for it. He doesn't he doesn't break character as it were, except for the one scene where uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt is visiting Lucas Haas, and everything's really tense. And then Lucas Haas's mother shows up and is like, "You kids want some snacks?" And then they have to sit around and eat like Rice Krispie squares or whatever, <laughs> drink milk. And it's like two minutes, but it's like it's like just for this moment, he's like, "I'm going to deflate this entire balloon for a second if y'all don't mind." And then we're going to go back. But I just want to point out that this is all BS. There's completely. a serious seedy, uh, grave, <laughs> underbelly to this high school community where everybody is so fatalistic and prematurely adult and and just this this nihilistic progeria that they're so committed to with their snappy 1940s dialogue and and then just you mean you mean they can't go out during the day because they'll get a bad sunburn what that's not progeria oh 
What am I thinking of? Uh, f- extreme photosensitivity? Lupus? Yeah. Lupus. No, I don't think it's lupus. Yeah, it's okay, lupus. it's porphyria. I'm just, yeah. I was porphyria and yeah. lupus. I don't know what progeria is. Progeria is when you get old. It's like it's a clinical disease where you get like yeah. super wrinkly. Oh. Super young. There's like seven-year-old girls who look like tiny 80-year-old midgets. Gotcha. Can you say midgets? Tiny 80-year-old uh, dwarves. I don't think you can say that either. You can't say dwarves now? Um, well, I think you should say dwarfs, not dwarves, because I don't think they're Tolkien-ian. Dwarfs? Um, dwarves. The plural of dwarf is dwarves. The plural of leaf is no, leaves. No, no, no. There's, okay, there's, 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 the, there's the high flute and fantasy pluralization of dwarf, and then there's the real pluralization. No, 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 no. There's only a word that ends in F can only be pluralized by replacing the F with a V-E-S. That doesn't explain why, 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 you're, why you're changing the pronunciation of the A. Dwarves. <laughs> Dwarves. Dwarf. That's it's not like squar. It, okay, scarf doesn't become scarf. Scarves. Yes, oh, it, it does. does. Dwarf. Dwarves. <laughs> no, wait, no. Dwarf. 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 What are you talking about? There's no O in dwarf. I listened to this podcast the other day. They just said dwarf over and over for half an hour. Okay, fine. Moving on from dwarfs. What am I talking about? Progeria. You get old. I'm talking about. You said dwarfs, about... by the way. You just you just agreed with me. Did I said dwarfs. Yeah, it was dwarfs before. You're all confused as to what dwarfs? you. Dwarfs. <laughs> Moving on. I'm so upset. I hope there's somebody stenographizing this so that they can send us a transcript. You know, you can listen to it again if you want to. After. Yeah, but I'm not going to be able to make out the from the viz. Dwarves. Anyway, okay. Emotional dwarves in this high school. And and the whole thing gets subverted by, you know what? Fuck it. Rice Krispie Squares. God damn it. Yeah. I'm out of water now. <laughs> ah, excellent. Wonderful. Fine. I guess we'll just sit here in silence. Fine. Fine. Dwarves. Is it? I suppose you're going to tell me it's arcs now too, since there's no there's no <laughs> O in dwarves. <laughs> you're trying to tell me it's dwarf. It's yeah. It's dwarf. And, dwarf. and now you're going to try and tell me this pronounced so, arc instead of orc. No, orc is an orc. Or like ov o an ov. One orc, two orves. Or no, <laughs> <laughs> it's not an orf. Orf is a kind of of. Band? I don't know what you call that. It's an ensemble. The percussion ensemble. Like kids, when when I, when I was like nine, it was a big thing to put your kid in an orf ensemble. And what? I don't know where the word orf comes from. Actually, let me look it up. Here comes the keyboard I you, sound. I think you made it up. Is where no it comes orf from. is not a made up thing. Orf is a real thing. There's like a lot of xylophones going on and uh, vibra slaps, and metallophones, all the phones, things that you hit with mallets. You're just making things up. I'm now. not making things up. I'm, I'm wikiing it right now. Oh. Here it comes. There's a cable in my way. Get out of the... Fuck. Uh, what am I... Orf. I don't know how many Fs it has. <laughs> just keep typing them till it shows up. Orf. Disease. Contain- <laughs> a cutaneous condition. This seems to be a running theme. Rashes and lupus and porphyria. Or broadcast. <laughs> or furia. What is or- that? Is is that when you can't help but be in an orf? Orf or furia, like porphyria, yeah. but no orphuria. 
maybe maybe your skin burns when you're in the presence of um you know um percussion instruments <laughs> I think people oh, might yeah, have just yeah, lied yeah, to yeah. Or a kid Orf Schulwerk, or simply the Orf approach, is one of several <laughs> developmental approaches, including the Kolde method, simply music, and the Suzuki method used to teach music education to students. It combines music, movement, drama, and speech into lessons that are similar to a child's world of play. It was developed by the German composer Karl oh. Orf and colleague. Oh, oh, a German. Hmm. And you, you, you really like these. Hmm? It was from the Consistent. 20s. It was developed. Oh, oh, oh. So from the... Okay. So from the early, early 20th century Germany. Sure. Okay. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to understand you, Pete. The fact, the fact there's... Anyway, there's xylophones. Okay? Ugh. I suppose you're going to try and tell me how it's somehow necessarily German nationalist because they use uh, they use xylophones, which are made of wood, which come from the forest, which is a, a frequent Wagnerian Germanic theme. I was not I wasn't going to say that, but you really made those connections super fast. Yeah. Screw By you. yourself. <laughs> God damn it. Or I don't have to do anything at this point. Um you just have to giggle whenever I say anything German, and and I'll make your argument for you and get all upset. That's just that's all that needs to happen. We've uh, well, uh, in your case, we've extended the uh, bringing up Hitler uh, conversation argument ender to just you mentioning anything g- Germanic. That's right. I could just say rune, and and you would snicker, and then I would get upset. Eh. Rune doesn't. Strike me as especially Germanic. They're like the only culture that had runes. No, man. Elves had runes. Everybody had runes. Elves are not real. They're based on Wagnerian uh, Wagnerian interpretation of Germanic mythology. Is it elves or elves? Elves. (laughs) Dwarfs. Dwarfs. I'm so confused now. Orcs. Can we talk about this? Let's talk about this. is completely unrelated, but this is something I want to get Thank up God. my chest. I think we really need to talk about anything else. It has to do with plurality, though. Okay, okay that's cool. It doesn't have anything to do with dwarves. So like, so like Maya Deren. What? There's, there's a Maya Deren short film where there's like two of her. Anyway. Okay, no, it has nothing to do with her. It has everything to do with the word dominatrix. Okay. Okay, plural of matrix is matrices. Follow me here. What's the plural of dominatrix? Dominatrices, right? Um, or at least it I should w- be. It's the whole moose, meese, goose, geese conundrum. Here's the problem as I see it. You are you're attempting to uh to apply consistent rules to to the English language which is itself completely inconsistent rule-wise. But when you uh, have a word that is clearly based on another on a, on a on a Greek Latin portmanteau like the word dominatrix, just like the word matrix and it ends in an ix and matrices is pluralized with a ces, shouldn't the word dominatrix be dominatrices as well? I would like you to unpack that. What uh, what portmanteau is uh, Matrix uh, portmanteauing? Uh, 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 tricks as in uh, complex and, and mate as in a, a thing, an organizational <laughs> thing. You know what? Don't, okay. don't call me on the details. The idea is here that I speak fast enough no, no. that you don't, you don't pick up on that. 
I you, then you should be podcasting with somebody else. Uh, I'm not I'm not convinced that the word matrix because it ends in tricks um, sets the rules for every other tricks ending. What word. other tricks ending words are there besides dominatrix? Uh well, um, tricks serial. Yeah, which I maintain if if you have a multitude of tricks, I'm having. I'm having a bowl of tricks, not tricks. a bowl of trickses. No, no, a bowl, uh, tricks is a substance. But if there if there were various different kinds of tricks and you assembled them, say in a variety pack of different boxes of tricks, say there was like a, uh, a tropical tricks and a Hawaii or a, uh, I don't know an Arctic tricks. Look at all these different kinds of tricks I have. Look at all of these trices. No, yep. first uh, first of all, that that sentence construction makes no sense. Uh, trices. Look at all these trices. Let's go to Twix, okay? Twix is... It's got the X on there. That's just branding to make it sound like a delicious cookie-breaking Twix. So, but that, that, so you think it should be CKS? Twix? No, I think if you With have... With maybe a Y in there? If you have, like, peanut butter Twix over here and regular Twix over there and, like, uh, some other kind of Twix down the street, those are all different kinds of Twices. Oh, yeah, okay. And when uh, you have a four-pack, when you have what they call a king-size Twix, which is four twices inside of a thing it should be called a quadruplex the reason twix is called it's it's a play on twin right if there's four then it's necessarily a quadruplex wouldn't it wouldn't wouldn't four twixes be a quicks then a quicks how to be a quicks no it's a quadruplex no because no 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 because two twixes are a twix so one is just an x then you got a twix a thrix and a quicks Okay, no, two twices is a Twix. Oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. See, you, you said that it's called a Twix because there's two of them, so you have to extend that now. Oh, okay. Then X becomes an affix. Oh, God. Yeah. There was a beep. Did you hear a beep? I didn't hear it, no. I think that was my brain overloading. <laughs> I, I, I propose that in, um, in Britain... Uh, Twix is spelled T-W-Y-I-K-S. I-C-K-S. Twix. Propose prescriptively or you're actually telling you that? My theory is that this is the case, and the only way to find out would be for me to go to London. Well, I'm going to London in a few weeks. What? Yeah. Is that where your concert is? No. I'm coming back from, from Florida and then going to London. What? Well, this is the first I've heard of that. Well, yeah, I'm going to visit the London School of Economics because I'm oh. going to Twix. It's <laughs> a chocolate biscuit made by Mars Incorporated, <laughs> consisting of a biscuit finger uh-huh. topped with, <clears throat> excuse me, topped with caramel and coated in milk chocolate. There's very. I know what a Twix is. Between, well, I'm, I'm. It appears that Twix is branded as Twix in all cultures, not just Canada and the UK. But also Austria, Belgium, Denmark, Finland, France, Germany, Greece, Italy, Luxembourg, the Netherlands, Norway, Poland, Portugal, Spain, Sweden, Switzerland, and Turkey. Noticeably missing Liechtenstein. <laughs> well, Steampunk Twix is probably spelled that way. Steampunk Twix. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, it's got little gears in it. It's not pleasant. It would not be pleasant. I don't think that, uh, that industrial era confection had gears in it, contrary to what you may be positing. <laughs> No, but but steampunk um, is the uh, portmanteau for gluing gears to stuff, is it not? Yeah, I'm yeah, it kidding. 
I steampunk's fine by me. I would like to I make just like to make fun of it. I would like to make a coal and steam powered computer. I think that would be. I think that that's been done. Has it? Yeah, difference engines and whatnot. I think people have built that. No, no, not not a din- not a difference engine like a like a functioning something that can run macOS but draws its power from coal and steam. MacOS? Yeah. You mean macOS? MacOS. Oh my god. I'm learning a lot of things about you lexically today that are making me question things. <laughs> What's wrong with MacOS? Uh, well, because nobody says that. Was that me that just received an email or was that you? I did not receive any email. Uh, it was me. It's from my aunt. <laughs> How's your aunt these days? Uh, she's pretty good. All right. This is the one that talks about removing skin from burnt penises at the Thanksgiving dinner table. Gotcha. Uh-huh. Right. I suppose I should go into some the explanation one... for people who are listening. At the Thanksgiving dinner table, my aunt, who's a nurse, will sometimes tell us stories. And uh, one time she had a patient in her emergency room who uh, had relations with a pie because that kind of recreational activity he had witnessed on a particular American film. But he got third-degree burns on his wangus and so brought himself down to the emergency room at the Royal Alec Hospital, and my Aunt Lynn had to uh, remove this skin hanging off his weenus. Now, they have a tool that they use to take skin off burnt fingers, and it's kind of like a uh, a brackety condom-y thing. But uh, it's designed for a finger, not a wangus. And this gentleman was, despite his desperation, evidenced by his fucking of a pie, rather hung. So they uh, they did this. She finished her Tim Hortons coffee, uh, rinsed it out, cut a hole in the bottom, lined it with gauze, stuck it on there, and used it to jimmy off the remaining skin. And that's my Aunt Lynn, who just sent me an email. I like to think that she... Not only did she finish her coffee, but she leisurely finished her coffee. She 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 just like slug it back. She's like, I'm gonna be a few minutes. I just want to enjoy my coffee. I'll, I'll tell you when I'm done. <laughs> just hang in there, sport. Just, tr- trust me, what you're feeling now is probably not going to be as bad as how you'll feel in ten. It's minutes. going to be much worse, and then you're going to have a blasted sapling all shriveled up, just hanging out from between. I would thighs. assume. I would assume that like like American Pie too. Uh, she gave him some salve that, that hurried things up a little bit, and he was he was able to decide not to have uh, sex with the exchange student and marry uh, Allison, uh, Allison Hannigan instead. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Salve. That's what I choose to believe. Salve is a word that is not used. <laughs> I think it's used as often as is appropriate. I mean, exactly. you can't use it for everything. <laughs> No, you can't. I mean, like, let's, let's go out for some salve. I've always like, wondered... I don't want to do that. Oh, well, I meant pizza. I just think salve needs to be used no, more no. often. Well, you don't go out to, like, an ointment bar or something <laughs> like that. Maybe. Go to the Maybe lotion bistro. <laughs> always... It's called the body shop. What's the difference between a cream, a lotion, an ointment, and a salve? And a balm? Well, okay, an ointment, I think, has medicinal properties. Okay. Do I don't you, think I don't think you would have like an I don't think you would describe something that just you know makes your hands softer on an ointment. Okay, so there's the you, ointment what about unguent? Unguent is something that there. specifically uh, uh, soothes burns. I think it's a subset of ointment. I thought it was um, I thought it was like a uh, a mammal with uh, cloven hooves or something. No, that's an ungulate. Oh, all right. Yeah, like a like a dick dick. Or, uh, uh, Zell? 
Gazelle. Uh, yeah. I was going to say a Malibu, but then... Ibex, maybe. Yeah, an Ibex. I think an Ibex is a pretty good ungulate. I thought, wait, isn't an Ibex like a bird? Nope. Or those, were those birds they liked in ancient Egypt? I don't know. That's oh, an Ibex. You're, uh... They like birds in ancient Egypt? I thought they liked I, cats. They liked a lot of things. They probably fed the birds to the cats. Oh. You, get, don't, you know, ancient cultures don't get to choose, like, one thing that they have to go with, right? Yeah, they do. No, like, one day we'll be in ancient culture, and they won't be like, oh, they just like the internet. They might say that. It's it's relatively appropriate. It's pretty much what they'll say. Or the television, because it's like a shrine. And destroying, and destroying our environment, so now we have to live in, in huts underground. Yeah, with a shrine constructed around a glowing box. <laughs> all the furniture is arranged facing this glowing box. Glowing box and house reruns. Don't think we really like house reruns. I think I think history will prove that we did like house reruns. I think history will prove that it's never lupus. <laughs> Has it? Uh, wasn't it lupus like one time? Nope. It's, you know, the, is is house over? Like, did they do their final season? House is very much over, and it was never lupus, not a once. Should have been like the last episode. It should have been Lupus. I really thought it was going to be Lupus the last episode, but it wasn't. There were probably people putting money on that. Yeah, I would have. If I, I would bet that it would be Lupus. I mean, you know. Really. Say, to be honest, if I'd written the show, it would have been Lupus. If I'd written the show, everybody would have gotten Lupus. It would have been if everybody would have gotten. It would be like Rent. <laughs> Everyone on the show. It would, would be like Rent got Lupus instead of AIDS. There would have been a Lupo virus. Lupo. Lup- I don't know why lupus is called lupus. It doesn't seem to have a whole lot to do with wolves to me. Don't you grow extra hair? Nope. I don't hmm. think so. There, I know there's a whole bunch of different kinds of lupus, and they're all, like they're vastly different to the point where I don't even see the, the the purpose of the term as an umbrella. Hmm. I'm not a doctor. Lupus. <laughs> Systemic lupus erythematosus often abbreviated as SLE or just simply lupus, is a systemic autoimmune disease that can affect any part of the body. As occurs in other autoimmune diseases, the immune system attacks the body cells and tissue, resulting in inflammation and tissue damage. It is a type 3 hypersensitivity reaction caused by antibody immune complex formation. Well, there you go. And there's a picture of a lady. It's Does she have a lot of hair? An illustrated picture. Lady oh. with lupus. No, she just seems to have some kind of weird rash around her cheeks. I babysat for a girl who had lupus when I was younger. The child had lupus? Yeah, well, she was, yeah, she was like, I don't know, six or seven or something. How old was this child that was oh. six or seven? <laughs> I, I realized that I, I had that question all queued up while you all were right. answering it, and then... Oh, uh, gosh. I just, uh, and I, I remember her, like, I remember thinking she had more hair, but that, I, that was a long time ago, and I'm this yeah it's not a good um it's not a clear memory she could have just been a particularly fuzzy six-year-old girl <laughs> i was babysitting for like literally four kids at that, that at that time I, I was babysitting like the whole family and there were like i think four of them there was like there's a baby who slept most of the time um as babies are wont to do and then like two little girls and i think the little brother okay if I recall correctly, I don't think I, I think I, I like did this for like two weeks or something. It was a and only it was one a of them was, was lupine. Yeah, I, I remember we used to watch Cheers. 
on the TV. Where everybody knows your name. <laughs> I want to find out why they call it lupus. Uh, epidemiology is not the same as etymology. No, it's really not. Well, I mean, it's similar. It's not even kind of similar. No, no, follow me on this. Okay, so etymology is figuring out, like, uh, where a word came from. Epidemiology is figuring out where a disease came from. Nope. They are similar. Nope. And what's epidemiology? Then? Uh, evolutionary biology would be finding out where a disease came from in terms of uh, uh, microbial. No, and epidemio- isn't epidemiology like, oh, this, this disease is spreading, let's find patient zero? Well, I kind of find where it came from. Patient zero is a relevant question for epidemiology, but it's 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 more the study of how infectious diseases travel across a population than tracing it back to its source. Like Fine. finding the source of a disease would be more like investigating the microbe and trying to search for the mutation that made it different from the previous version of the flu, for instance. And that that'd be virology. That would be interesting and. But it would be genetics. It wouldn't be epidemiology. Uh, fine. <laughs> but there's no hint as to why lupus is called lupus. <laughs> its etymology is lost to the the vagaries of time, or or just you don't have an, you don't want to spend like half an hour looking it up because it's not compelling radio. It's just completely baffling. <laughs> You would think well, that would be the most pertinent question to the casual observer. People who are looking up lupus want to know what it is, why it happens, who it happens to, and exactly why the fuck it's called lupus. But instead they go at throwing numbers at you. That number shouldn't come until later. Ugh. I'm going to have to revise that page. I'm going to have to read a book on lupus. <laughs> you know what this means. Something is wrong on the internet. I'm going to have oh, to fix it. You're not going to get any sleep tonight. Nope. Actually, what I'm going to do is uh, is go out drinking with a friend. Oh, so well, I probably nice. will get some sleep. Yeah. Well, that lupus article is not going to revise itself, you know. You know, you know what I'll try and do. <laughs> uh, you know, you know what I'll try and do is I'll meet a cute doctor student. <laughs> I thought you were going to say cute girl with lupus. I really did. I would also meet a cute girl with lupus and pick her brain about the lupus. I, I will Wait, are you going to try to meet both of them? You're going to go and like, hey, you have lupus. You're a, let's all, you're a, doc, a doctor student. Let's all go back to my place and uh, revise this Wikipedia article. I will not rest or sleep for an instant until I find one girl who is precisely 24 years old, is in med school, and has lupus. Oh, God. And I will bring her back to my place. And rather than having any sort of intercourse, I will just ask her questions about lupus. Oh, I'm afraid that's not going to work because that would be what we call social intercourse. I said physical intercourse, didn't I? No, you just said intercourse, any yeah. kind of intercourse. Damn. And yep. it would be more intellectual intercourse than social intercourse because yep. I don't plan on being particularly polite when I ask her questions <laughs> about this. You're going to shine a light right in her eyes? Yeah. Her eyes, which probably are very sensitive because of the <laughs> I think we're So it's going to be extra bad. <laughs> Lupus interrogation <laughs> techniques. Oh, okay, are we good? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's good. That's exactly an hour. <laughs>